fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the show. Here's what we've got coming up for you this week. Is with these really high ticket volumes, tell them we're seeing these large volumes, but we will be dealing with your issue and we'll be back to you by this time. Plus, we're going to be looking at how you can convert more of your break fixed clients to proper managed services on a contract. And Jay McBain from Forrester Research is back at the end of the show with a great book recommendation for you. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. I believe that every MSP needs a telephone person, someone to make outbound phone calls to your leads and to your database on a regular basis. And in fact, the clients that I work closely with, both with my MSP Marketing Edge service and something where we work very closely with a number of MSPs, it's called The War Room. You can have a look at that on my website. All of these people, I'm recommending to them all the time that they get themselves a telephone person, someone to pick up the phone day in, day out, and just call people. Now, the reason why you need a telephone person comes down to the MSP marketing strategy that I suggest for most people. And that strategy is a very simple one. Step one is you build multiple audiences of people who are listening to you. That would typically be your email database and your LinkedIn. Step two is you build a relationship with them and you do this by putting content in front of them, content on LinkedIn and sending out an email newsletter. You could also send out a printed newsletter once a month. And then the third step is to commercialize that relationship. And that's the point at which you find out when they're likely to be so frustrated with their incumbent MSP that they're looking to switch. And of course, by that point, you've had chance to build up a small relationship with them. So the chances of you getting a place at the table, let alone actually going on to do work with them, goes up fairly dramatically. Now, that's the three-step marketing strategy I recommend for all MSPs. It's that final one that really needs a phone person, someone ringing all of these leads and prospects for you to try to commercialize the relationship. Because the reality is, and you know this if you're not doing much marketing right now, just doing a bit of marketing doesn't make the phone ring. Being connected to people on LinkedIn doesn't make the phone ring. I discovered this myself around about seven, eight, maybe getting on for 10 years ago now, when I owned a marketing agency. And we had exactly the same problem that you did, which was the phone didn't ring. And we ended up putting in place a fairly major operation to do outbound marketing. So we had massive databases of people to call, all of whom had opted in. But I had a full-time team of three people making outbound calls. And their entire life, their mission was to book appointments for my two full-time field salespeople. So look, just think about the numbers of that, you know, for, for the number of appointments that we needed because of our conversion rate. So to, to do the sales that we needed, it took three full-time people phoning people all day, every day, just to book those appointments to keep the two field salespeople happy. Now, that's a fairly extreme thing. And you certainly don't need a team. You probably just need one person doing a few hours a day a few days a week. But ultimately, if the phone isn't ringing and it isn't for the vast majority of MSPs, then you've got to pick it up and dial it. But obviously not you, because most MSPs, and I'm going to include myself in this, most business owners, we don't like doing outbound telephoning. I would rather lose a couple of toes than have to pick up the phone every day and do outbound calling. It's horrendous. Do you agree with me? If you don't agree with me and actually you quite enjoy it, then you're in a very, very small minority of people 
people who enjoy it enough to actually do it on a daily basis. You know, long term, we want to put together some inbound marketing. Inbound marketing is the kind of thing discussed in They Ask, You Answer, the great book by Marcus Sheridan. But true proper inbound marketing where inquiries are coming into you all the time, that takes some setting up. And it's a very long-term commitment for most MSPs. And by long-term, I mean years. It's a multi-year commitment for you to switch your marketing round to being inbound. So in the meantime, because you want to be adding more new clients and generating more revenue, you've got to do outbound marketing. And that means picking up the phone repeatedly and systematically. Here's the thing, a good phone person can maximize the outcome from your marketing efforts. They can literally give you two, three, maybe in five times or 10 times the results from what it is that you're doing right now. Because when you send out a piece of marketing, be that direct mail, an email, or just something on social media, It does resonate with people, it's just they don't take action. Some of the people are seeing that stuff and thinking, hmm, yeah, these are the guys I would like to have a talk to if ever I'm ready to switch, but they don't take action. So what we're doing with a proactive phone person is we're helping them to take action. We're making it easy for them. We're never gonna persuade someone who's not interested in having a conversation right now to have that conversation. But what we can do is get those people who are nearly ready to have that conversation We can engage with them. We can continue to build the relationship with them. And ultimately, we can be there at the point they're ready to talk. That's a very, very powerful thing. The perfect person for this is a back-to-work parent. And dare I say, being positively sexist, this is the kind of role that actually best suits a female than it does a male. I've employed a lot of telephone people over the years. That full-time team of three took about 15 to 20 hires and fires to get there. And I've got to say, women tend to outperform men on the phone by a dramatic factor. And given the choice, I would always hire a woman to do this job for me. But it can be a male, a female, it doesn't really matter who it is as long as they are pleasant and warm and engaging on the phone. You're looking for someone probably with kids who's going back to work. Uh, Maybe they can only work during the school hours. That's fine. That's great because we can give them great job flexibility on this. In fact, they could work from home using one of your VoIP phones and they could just do two or three hours a day two or three days a week. Their timings, just doing your work. That's actually a highly desirable job for someone. That would really work for them. And their goal is, well, they've got kind of three goals, really, of things that they're looking to achieve. The number one outcome is for them to book 15-minute appointments with you. So I assume that you are the salesperson in the business or they're booking the appointment with whoever does the selling. But what we don't want to have to do is to teach this phone person how to sell managed services. That's too difficult. It's going to take too long to make that happen. So their only job is to warm someone up and to find a way to book a 15 minute appointment with you preferably a video call, because we can do so much more with a video call than we can with a voice call. And it's you that does the hard work on that 15-minute call of converting someone into a full and proper sales meeting. Well, you can do that with your eyes closed, right? You do that all the time. Someone jumps on the phone with you, you have a chat with them, you click, you engage, you start talking about technology. It was supposed to be a 15-minute call and it turns into a 45-minute call, which, by the way, is a very good thing, and you push for a proper meeting. That's what you're good at. So you should be doing that because that's the hard thing to do. But our phone person, her first goal or their first goal is just to book that 15 minute appointment with you. 
Now, if that's not going to happen right now, their second goal, their second outcome is to find the perfect time to call back in the future. So someone might be at a position where they're just not particularly happy with their incumbent. There's a level of dissatisfaction but they're not quite ready to take action on that dissatisfaction just yet. When should we call them back? Three months, six months, nine months? I mean, I would argue if someone is likely to be ready to talk to you in the future, we don't want to leave it too long. We certainly want to make sure they stay on the email list and you're sending them printed stuff like a printed newsletter. But I would also just give that person a call every three to four to six months anyway, just to keep in touch because you never know when the timing is right. People only buy People only talk when they're ready to buy or they're ready to talk. So we've got to keep in touch with them to make sure we're there at that exact moment. So their first and primary outcome is to book a 15-minute appointment with you. If they can't do that, their second outcome is to find the perfect time to call. And their third outcome is to maintain the relationship and keep moving it forward. One of the best telephone people I ever hired was a lady called Miranda. She was amazing. And what made her amazing was her ability to build relationships on the phone. So she would ask really good questions, good research questions about their favorite subject. So the people she was speaking to, she asked them about their favorite subject. What's everyone's favorite subject? themselves and their business. So she was really good at just asking open questions and showing, demonstrating that she was listening to their answers by asking follow-up questions. And she'd record all of that data in our CRM. So when she was calling back three or six months down the line, the first thing she'd do is she'd ask them how something had gone. So if they'd said that perhaps they were going on an important holiday or they were opening a new branch or something like that, that was one of the first things that she would engage with them. So instantly she was building and strengthening the relationship on behalf of my business by talking to them about themselves. She rarely ever talked about us because what we did was kind of irrelevant. You know, her job was to book a sales appointment just as your firm person's job is to do that. She didn't need to know that much about the company to do that. She just needed to know a few key points about how we worked and what the benefits would be of sitting down and having that sales meeting. So if there's one person that you're going to hire in the next few months, please, please make it a phone person. I promise you that when you get the right person making the right calls to the right people, it really will have a dramatic effect on the outcome of your marketing. Here's this week's clever idea. We all know that having proper managed services clients on a contract is the way forward. It's the monthly recurring revenue that makes your business so much more pleasant to run. And of course, retention is better when they're paying you something monthly. Everyone wants subscriptions. Just look at what Jay McBain was saying in the podcast just a few weeks ago. He was saying about all of the big vendors, all of them moving towards a more subscription-based model. You want subscribers, they want subscribers, we all want subscribers. And that's why it's sometimes frustrating if you've got a bank of break-fix clients who just will not move over to a contract. Why is that? What is it with these people? Don't they understand that we're in the subscription economy right now? And it's all about getting someone onto a subscription. Lots of MSPs that I speak to who have break-fix clients really struggle to get those clients to move over to a contract to manage services. This seems to be across the board. And there are a number of reasons why. I mean, one reason could be that the mindset of someone who's enjoyed a break-fix relationship with you for a long while, it could be that their mindset is that 
actually, we get great value for money, thanks. When something's broken, we ring you up, you fix it, that's pretty much the end of it, and I just pay the bill. And they may not really truly understand the benefits of having you proactively working on their stuff on a daily basis. I know education is a big part of moving someone from BreakFix over to managed services. The other possibility is that clients don't see break fix services as up to doing managed services, as in they've got you in two different pots. So you fix their computers every now and again for 10 years, but when they're actually looking for, I'm gonna put this in quote marks, a proper IT support company, that they don't see that that's you, even though that's what you're doing with 80% of your clients. A lot of why people buy or don't buy is down to psychology. It's down to how they think and what their perceptions are of you. Perceptions are incredibly powerful, persuasive tools. But we've got an idea here, which a few of my clients have tried and seems to be giving not the great results, not the best results in the world, because frankly, it's an uphill battle trying to convert BreakFix to managed services, but it is showing some signs of working. And what it is, is something called a tripwire. Now, a tripwire is a marketing term for a low-level, low-priced product that gets people into the habit of buying from you. And once they're in that habit, you can use tools like your strategic reviews, your technology reviews, to upsell them onto a decent level of revenue. So here's a tripwire that you could try. And this is not going to have a huge amount of profit for you. But remember, the purpose of this is not to generate profit. It's to get them into the habit of being a subscriber. The Tripwire is simply installing an RMM agent on their computer. And actually, you say, you market to your BreakFix clients, hey, would you like us to look after all of your updates for you? Would you like us to keep all of your computers up to date automatically without them ever interrupting you? Would you like us to get a alerts when there are problems on your computer. So we can fix things faster if you want us to fix them. Um, would you like us to do all of that? Oh, and by the way, would you also like us to reduce the rate that you pay every single hour? So normally we charge, hey, whatever it is, $200 or £200 an hour. Uh, if, you, if you come on board with this special tripwire offer, you wouldn't use that word tripwire, but you get the idea, uh, then you'll pay the lesser rate of $100 or £100 per hour. And the price for this Mr. or Mrs. Breakfix clients is simply five or 10 pounds or dollars per computer per month. So essentially, let's look at the big picture of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get the RMM agent onto all of their computers. They literally pay nothing for it. They pay five or 10 dollars or pounds a month, whatever just covers the cost for you or makes you a tiny bit of profit. But what this is, this is like a foot in the door. So yes, you're doing the updates for them, but also you're being notified when there are problems. You can pick up the phone and call your client and say, hey, we've just had a notification, you're out of memory, or you're out of this, or this is gonna happen, or that's gonna happen, or whatsoever is the problem, would you like us to fix this for you? And they say yes, and you say, great, that's gonna take an hour, you're paying less than anyone else because you're on our special deal, so it's only gonna cost you $100. Gotta say though, if you were one of our managed services clients, which is only $100 a month, we'd just fix this automatically, in fact, we'd have proactively fixed it, you wouldn't have even known about it, it would have all been done for you and it's actually cheaper in the long run. Now, how you go about doing that upselling, you've got to be a bit cute with that, you've got to be 
bit subtle with it and you've got to build up a, an argument, a persuasion in their brain over time. But the point is, they're in the habit. They're a subscriber. It's a start. And once you've got them as a subscriber, it's so much easier to sell more to them. You'll know this from your clients. It's dramatically easier to sell something else to an existing client than it is to try to get someone to become a client, a brand new client in the first place. So why not give that a go? If the RMM thing doesn't work for you, just have a think about something else. What's another tripwire you could use? Something very simple, very low cost that just gets them into the habit of buying something from you on contract. Paul's blatant plug. If you want to get your marketing fundamentals sorted, I have a live training program that starts every month, which is designed exactly for you. It's live training delivered by Zoom by me personally. So it's you and me and a small number of other MSPs on a Zoom call. Now we do do a fresh course every single month and there are limited places every month. And I've got to be honest, it sells out every single month. And so it should. It's called the Marketing Accelerator. It is tremendous value for money because over five weeks we cover off all the marketing fundamentals for your business. We look at your website. We look at how to profit from LinkedIn. We look how to build multiple audiences of people, like I was talking about earlier with that marketing strategy, and how to build a relationship with them. We look at multi-touchpoint marketing campaigns, and we look at a success blueprint, which covers off every single area that you need to work on to grow your net profits within your MSP. And across this five-week program, you have full access to me on email. So for five weeks, you can directly ask me anything you like about any aspect of your marketing. Now, this marketing accelerator is so, so low cost. In fact, you could argue this is my tripwire, or it's not a subscription, it's a one-off cost, but it's my way of getting you to start a relationship with me, a working relationship, because I only charge for this £49 plus VAT if you're in the UK or anywhere else in the world, it's just six. And that's it, a one-off payment for this five-week live training program that already hundreds of MSPs have gone through. So we start a new course every single month and the next course is due to start in around about a month's time on the 28th of April. But remember, we only have a finite number of places and at time of recording, and remember I record this a few weeks ahead, we only had seven places left on that April program. So why don't you go and check out all the details of this. Paul Green's mspmarketing.com slash accelerator. Join me for this five-week live training course and we will get your marketing fundamentals sorted out. The Big Interview. Hello, I'm Jason Kemsley, uh, Technical Director of Uptime Solutions. have been in the MSP channel now for 10 years. Originally started as an MSP and then Uptime quickly transitioned into a, a vendor which has grown to have hopefully one of the the best reputations in the outsourcing market today. And you guys are looking after tens of thousands of users for MSPs. Is it just in the UK or do you deal with MSPs around the world? We're very lucky. We get to work with MSPs around the world now. Uh, Well, it was traditionally UK. That was our main growth point to begin with. But now we're thankful that we we work with MSPs around the world. And and so you really see the best of everything. I bet you do. But I bet you also see the worst of things as well because of the (laughs) the partnerships that you have with clients. And obviously, you're, you're looking after so many end users. That's what I wanted to get you on the show to talk about, Jason. You know, you're looking after these tens of thousands of people worldwide. What are some of the customer service lessons that you've learned from this? So it's a, it's a really key one, especially given the times we're currently in. Everyone sees varying ticket volumes. Everyone sees slightly abnormal requests to what we would traditionally see. 
and and for me and for us it comes back to to one word in its in in its entirety and that's expectations in in my experience in in many you know well-known people in this industry's experience if you can set the right expectations no no matter if that is slightly longer than you would like or or maybe it's slightly a bit more difficult than you would like it means that user knows what's going to happen and, and ultimately can can see the journey through or or prepare for for the outcome so something we've been really conscious about you know specifically back in march last year and and a little bit now is with these really high ticket volumes communicate with your users tell them hey we're we're seeing these large volumes or whatever it is you're struggling with you might be a help desk right now struggling with a member of staff you've lost for example you don't need to communicate about how big your struggle is but as long as when they contact you you can say hey we've got a couple of bits right now but we will be we will be dealing with your issue and we'll be back to you by this time or we'll be back to you at this time even if that's four or five hours past and it's maybe outside your contract sla usually allows for them to make the the relevant plans they want around it um, obviously in the event of a critical you don't want to do that but it allows people to prepare around you rather than necessarily you making the maneuver around yourself so setting clear expectations for the clients and i guess obviously then coming through on those expectations as well i mean is, is customer service really as simple as that because obviously the vast majority of people listening to this they're, they're in the, the world of customer service it's the very nature of, of being an msp you've got to look after people you you were doing it at a scale at a, a tremendous scale so is it really as, as simple as, as clear communication and setting expectations you can um, you can obviously and there's some well-known people in the channel that, that talk about these bits. You can obviously get down in the weeds and there's there's lots of individual things that you can do. Um, but whether it's automated notifications, whether it's uh, automated response emails that trigger based off SLA or whatever, all of them are, are intended to set expectations or set out some sort of roadmap for your user or or your end customer so that they know what's going to happen and when. And and in in current circumstances and in future circumstances. I do transparently believe that if we can just set the right expectations and of course follow through on them, just like you said, Paul, then you can't you can fail to a certain degree, but that's a high level conversation. The there and now in that ticket, um, the user has got what they've expected from you. So I guess part of it then is looking at things from their point of view. And from their point of view, they, to a certain extent, don't really care that you're busy, that core volumes are up, that tickets are up, that everyone suddenly wants to work from home and you know they didn't yesterday. They just care about the, the problem that they've got right now. And in fact, some of my MSP clients talk about how you know the printer not working is a major disaster for the end client if it stops them from completing that job that they're working on right now. And obviously, it's quite hard to reprioritize that client that a printer not working is actually not as important as the server not working, which they're dealing with, with the other client do you find this moving slightly aside from customer service that's where having an agile business really comes into it something that's come about dramatically in the last year or two is um, the idea of a, a quick wins queue or, or something where those tickets that are just nice in and out transactional tickets can be done with very little stress or overhead you can take the call get it fixed on the call and pass it back out one of the things that we do and you know i'm not necessarily wanting to just talk about how we do it but you can't shy away from those phone calls. We find um, so often that a call that comes in and uh, a lady has a, a printer issue and maybe she's doing uh, some invoicing, it's the last day of the month, something like that. We can hear in her tone of voice and, and her expressions that this is a, a big problem for her. If that came in via email, I'm, I'm sad to say it'd probably be categorized on the lower end of the, the priorities. 
So expectations and, and using our skill set, which is we're humans and we can hold conversations with each other and we can read tone of voice and, uh, and interpret what we need to from the language they're using, you can usually make the right outcome. So in that particular example, if you don't shy away from that phone call and, and you have a triage person or, or some sort of quick wins person, you can quickly identify that a five minute fix here is going to make the world a difference and likely leave you with some uh, positive CSAT score as well. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. CSAT score, of course, being customer satisfaction. I don't I don't like jargon on the show. I know oh, you, I don't, you don't like jargon either. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right about the, the email and the phone thing. And it's it's no different with marketing. You know, you send an email out to someone or someone, you know, engages with you on social media or on an email and you, you can it's open to interpretation. Whereas actually, when you speak to someone on the phone, you know exactly where they are because we give away, don't we? We give away in so many different ways emotionally where we're at right now. So I'm such a fan of every MSP having someone somewhere phoning people for them. I think that's such a big thing. The sales and marketing process, and, and in a, you would never, cold calling existed for a reason because you can hear their tone, you can make a decision. Um, yet the minute they become a help desk customer, uh, we hide behind ticketing systems and emails. So, you know, it's just as important in the day-to-day service as it is in the sales process. I agree. Completely agree. Let's turn to looking at technicians. So I'm not expecting you to, to give me a number, but you must be managing a lot of technicians. What are some of the things that you've found over the years work best for you to help your technicians deliver better customer service and ultimately you know, get tickets cleared, but keep the clients happy? There's a few things that we've done very, very well with. One of them is, is uh, finding the personality and then upskilling, because ultimately the, the values and the fundamentals of a person is is what we look for, not necessarily their their skill set. Skill sets can be um, can be attained and grown. So so focusing on personality and whether you're an MSP listening to this and you're hiring or anything like that, using something like the camel lion monkey type personality test so that you can make sure you're getting the right people is is first point. The second point is is clear expectations, and I'm sorry, Paul. We might uh, we there might be a copyright on the word expectations somewhere, but um, expectations, and if we can give them very clear guidelines or, or expectations on what their role is, whether that is you know you are expected to do first line items, and um, your KPI is ten tickets a day, X time logged. With just three things, it's very very simple for someone to essentially live up to uh, or complete the amount of work they they need to complete or complete the goals that they've been set. What we find in this MSP space is everyone does everything. We're all jack of all trades. We all know a little bit about Windows, a little bit about Linux, a little bit about Mac. But if we can just put you into a specific area where you, you consistently do a series of tasks or you consistently work in a similar area, you can usually become quite efficient at it. And usually, as long as you've got expectations behind that that are clear, it's, there's no barriers to uh, to delivering. Tell me more about the the badger, the monkey, and the whatever the other animal was. <laughs> I've not heard that one before. <laughs> so, I, um, the badger, the monkey. I, I think it's badger. No, it's monkey, lion, camel, and turtle. There's a personality test online, and I, forgive me, I don't know what it's called. But if you Google camel, monkey, turtle, and lion. You can essentially, there's a website, you can make your staff take a a personality test or even potentials, and it will rate or um, put them into a certain category. And they all have a definition and we all fall into one or a subset of two. So someone like myself, I've got half the traits of a lion. I I jump into things usually a bit too quickly and, and need to put more thought around them. But I've got a bit of monkey in there as well in that I'm a bit tactful and 
when you work out your core values as a business, as we've all done, um, possibly listening to this, yourself included, Paul, when we look at our core values, we can then work out what type of people make that uh, an excellent business to be in. That sounds great. Right. I'm going to go and Google that and certainly try and get the animals right. There are no badges in there at all, are there? No, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I think I think I was the one that introduced the badger into the conversation. Um, Jason, tell us a little bit about Uptime Solutions and how can we get in touch with you? Uptime Solutions, we provide white-labeled help desk knock and sock services to MSPs. We are channel only. We are lights on 24-7 with offices in the UK and New Zealand. And anyone can reach out either to me on LinkedIn, Jason Kemsley, or can hit our website, uptimesolutions.tech. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hi there, I'm Jay McBain from Forrester Research, the principal analyst for channels, partnerships, and ecosystems. In terms of a book, uh, I probably have a shelf full of over 100 channel books that have come out in the last decade or so. But the one I always refer to, and it's an old book by Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point. And the chapter two about Paul Revere and some of the things inside that book are so relevant today. And it's a little bit of my North Star as we see where managed services is going in the future. You know, some lessons there that, uh, you know, continue to, to play true. Coming up next week. Hi, I'm Stephen King, CEO of Growth Force, And I'm going to be on the show next week to talk about how do you increase profits by making the most important decision getting your pricing right. We'll also be talking next week about how you can stop your staff from making the same mistakes over and over and over again. It's incredibly frustrating for all business owners and we'll talk about how you can practically eliminate it from your MSP next week. We're also going to be talking about something called the happy balance. There are five things that you need in your life in order to be happy. And your business plays a massive part in that because when your business isn't quite right, it can dramatically affect the happy balance and it can push you into unhappiness. I'll tell you what those five things are next week and how you can affect them. Look forward to seeing you on next week's show. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.